Open a 5.25% annual percentage yield 15-month certificate from Royal Credit Union. Open now at rcu.org slash certificate 525. Early withdrawal penalties could reduce earnings and principal. APY accurate as of 6523. Insured by NCUA. It's the best part of the offseason, while each of us buttes take a look back at the best of season four, starting with me, Jesse. From Devin Dubnik's empty arena memories to Ryan Suter chirp video, here are a few of my favorite moments from this past year. As always, we're created by New Voice Studios, brought to you by Talk North, Grain Belt, Jim Beam, Livia, and Royal Credit Union. This is season four, episode 186. At Jim Beam, they know the importance of tradition. Like chanting, let's play hockey prior to the start of each game, or playing the state of hockey anthem after a wild win. This season, raise one to your fan family with the bourbon that invites us all to come as friends and leave as family. Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey, the official bourbon whiskey partner of the Minnesota Wild and XL Energy Center. Drink smart, Jim Beam Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, 40% alcohol by volume. Copyright 2021, James B. Beam Distilling Company, Incorporated, Fairmont, Kentucky. Hello, everybody. What's up? Jesse Pierce here, Bardown Beauties, episode 186. It's just me. Why is it just me? Because as we do every offseason, we are taking a look back at some of our favorite episodes from the entire year. A lot of great content. Weekly episodes drop, plus we got a few live shows, plus we got a few extras here and there. Can't go wrong. I'm going to take a first stab at it. Next week, Kirsten will give you her take on her favorite episodes, followed by producer Fred. And then we're getting ready to roll into season five. So let's kick things off. My first favorite episode from season four has to be Devin Dubnik. Always great to check in with Dubes. Episode 146, we did just that as he was getting ready to announce his retirement. He also took a stroll down memory lane. He let us know uh, of some of the not-so-great memories he had of being a goaltender, including empty arenas, which had me absolutely cracking up. Take a listen. You were dabbling with Charlotte, I know. Working out, I think, even with St. Thomas, I had heard, right, the college team. What have the past couple years been like just with kind of your career being a little up and down? I mean, especially when I don't know that you were quite ready, probably, right? What was that transition like and, and you know, where you're at now? And what were what was it all kind of like for you? Yeah, it was weird. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I just I thought I was assumed I was done playing. Um you know, at that point, like there's nothing that was going to happen that, that a team was going to come calling. And I, and I also wasn't interested in going, you know, as like a third string to an American league team. Sure. Um, so uh, hockey Canada called asked if I want to do Spangler cup and, and uh, I've been there twice before it's incredible tournament. Davos is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, yeah, we'll, we'll pack up the whole family and, and go for for one last trip and the kids can watch me play and then call it a day after that so but but then i told them too i was like i i I haven't skated since the middle of september and i don't have anywhere to skate because everyone's everyone's playing yeah (laughs) so um that's i got connected with saint thomas and i started skating there and then i was about three or four days in with them and and uh florida called my agent and just they had heard that I was going to Spangler Cup and, and they had, had a couple of goalie injuries in Charlotte. So they just said, you know, do you want to come get ready for Spangler here? And we need some help in that too. So 
I was like, sure. So then all of a sudden, <laughs> like two days later, I was back in the American League. And uh, fortunately, Charlotte was is obviously a beautiful city. It was uh, a little different than my Springfield, Massachusetts tenor. <laughs> um, but it was good. I mean, uh, the the guys, the guys that team were phenomenal. It was a really, really cool group of guys. And, and uh, so I had fun there. But it was, uh, I, I thought I was going to have more time to get ready. And so I got there. I had all brand new gear, just all white gear. And uh, so the goalie coach just like kind of looks at me and goes, yeah, I see you got all new gear. I was like, yeah, I figured it'd be, you know, by, by next week w- when I get in there, uh, I should be ready to go. He goes, dude, you're playing tomorrow. <laughs> nice. I was nice. like, oh, you're really, like, I'm playing tomorrow. You really <laughs> haven't been on the ice for like two months. So how did that go? So, and while well, I was good, I got scored on in the first shot. Um, <laughs> 15 seconds into the game, two on one, backdoor tap in. I, I was like, this is why I was retired. <laughs> I don't want to be digging the puck out of the net anymore. Because I remember when we first had you on Bar Down Beauties years ago now, right? And you had talked about playing, it was either in the AHL or the ECHL when you didn't even know you were scored on because there was nobody in the stands, right? And there was oh, just nothing yeah. happened, right? Like, was yeah. did it bring back those memories? That, of was, spring, that? that was Springfield, yeah. <laughs> I went to the bench and was like, why does it say one nothing? Because <laughs> like, you got scored on. I'm like, when? Turned <laughs> <Sorry> that <laughs> you're concussed bad. at the same time, too. Oh, like, I don't remember that. that. Bad. My next favorite episode Mike Rupp can't go wrong full of insight love him on NHL Network always fun to chat with him he actually made a very bold statement in episode 150 when we had him on as our guest hear what he had to say about his predictions for the Minnesota Wild season to the Minnesota Wild I mean you mentioned to Mike how we thought that they would be doing better than they have been um they're 31st right now in five on five scoring across the NHL. Do you think they're going to get better? And if so, even if not, what do they need to do to get things going? Are they going to make the playoffs rougher? That's what the wild fans need to know. I already had them on the bubble coming in for the same reasons yeah. you mentioned about like the career years and the loss of, of Fiala there, but I don't, I, are they making the playoffs? Not even that. Are they getting past the first round into the <laughs> second? <laughs> um, they they probably to me right now i thought they're going to finish top three in the central uh, i don't feel obviously as secure with that now i uh, i think that this team went from being a like a, a team that can score goals to all of a sudden struggling in that area um having jordan greenway out i think has hurt this team I remember the uh, we all remember the the grief line how good and effective that line was and we haven't been able to see that um just been a lot of individual storyline storylines have kind of dropped off from last year. I think this is a team who the D, the decor needs to be a strength of theirs. It hasn't really been. Uh, I don't know. It's it's uh, they're they're going to be a bubble team. I think this year. I, I I'm not willing to throw in the towel on them, but it, it this is part of that navigation. I mean, it, this is what makes it difficult. Is they surprised and they were such the talk of the league last year that I was nervous that the bar was set a little high here. And I don't mean where internally with that group, I don't think it's, um, you know, Bill Guerin's always going to push the envelope and wants to challenge his team and move forward 
with the group, but I wonder, there's a few teams out there that, and I don't know if this is the case, but I'll go back to my former coach, John Tortorella, who's so good at managing the mental side of it. He used to always say things like, you haven't won a blankety blank thing. You haven't done a thing. So to the, that locker room, to, I mean, honestly, there's only one team that did anything last year. That's Colorado. That's the way you have to view it. Like the New York Rangers, did you guys, did you have that edge this summer? Did you feel like we accomplished something? We're heading somewhere. Uh, you want to be positive. You want to think those things. But at the same time, you have to have a distaste in your mouth no matter what because you didn't win the Stanley Cup, and that's your goal. So I wonder if the Minnesota Wild were just went through the summer and were content at their progress because they were a team that had an edge last year. And I don't really see that bite now. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean it's gone. It doesn't mean it's dead. Just got to find a way to get that back. Cause that was something that separated that team last year. And uh, we're not seeing it at this, to this point. So it, that's the challenging part. It's, it's frustrating, but it's also part of the process and you gotta, you gotta kind of learn and push through and, and deal with the adversity. All right, next up, the man, the myth, the mustache. Jacob Middleton was nice enough to join us to talk about his life. He actually mentions that uh, Mighty Ducks 2 was his personal favorite, recalls that that was not my favorite. Hear a little bit of our back and forth with defenseman Jake Middleton as he takes us through what this year had been like up until that point in episode 153. He also hadn't seen Mighty Ducks, Jake and she's from Minnesota. Yeah, but you were upset that I was a D2 fan. Yeah, I yes, I, I second did. that notion. <laughs> you don't you don't like that either? That was my least favorite. I was very much like the OG movie. That one was my favorite. I sat down one whole night, watched all three of them in one sitting. See, At the I age was, of 25. Die hard D, D2. I love that one. What was it? Was it the Bash Brothers? What was it about D2 that you were just like, this is my jam? I don't know what it was. I just that one hit home and I had nothing to do with USA hockey at the time, but I thought it would be very cool to be a part of something like that. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. It hit home yeah. and I'm not even anything affiliated with USA hockey. <laughs> Playing against team Jamaica or Trinidad and Tobago. That just, it seemed like such a cool time. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but then you got to go against Iceland, you know, Gunnar Stahl. Gunnar Stahl. Did yeah. you know, I feel There's like no way he was young enough to play in the Goodwill games at that age either. <laughs> He was older. We need a birth certificate check on that one. Like, did you know that Gunnar Stahl is the uh, varsity goalie in Mighty Ducks 3? But it's not Gunnar Stahl. But my theory is that he went into hiding, had to get a whole new identity because Iceland, you know, was after him because he right. lost the game. Right. Right. So true story. It's the same actor. And I finally picked that up. I was like, that is Gunnar Stahl. In <laughs> I Amazing. did not know that. See, Learn something new every day. Who is the best chirper? on the team because I've heard a couple and I know all of you have your rounds have your ability I know I heard uh Reeves and Flurry going at it the other day after practice after Revo won the uh the shootout yeah. on him um who is the best chirper on the team or even the best chirper you've heard in the league in the like so playing against Revo he was tough to <laughs> he was chirp and I'm like I'm terrible at it like I couldn't <laughs> say I have nothing to say back to guys when they chirp me like that so I just take it on the chin and, and skate back to the bench. But Revo was really good. But Hartsey, I think, is uh, is a really good one. He I hated playing against him when we were on opposite teams. He was mouthy, and he had those little stick antics and that. And he was just a, 
he's kind of that old school player and he he's his chirps not gutless but they hit home yeah yeah. I could see that. I, and I'm sure he does it with a very straight face too. Just oh, yeah. like, de- like oh, yeah. just cuts yeah. you deeply. No, like he means it. Yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> means it when he says it. <laughs> oh, Kirsten's actually a pretty good chirper. She got me good with a couple. We did a video at the beginning of the year and she got me clean. Very well done. Just I wow. was very, very nervous to share those. Um, I put a lot of thought into them. I was scared I was going to hurt your feelings. <laughs> I love it. Bring it on. It's way more fun. Uh, since you are a proud Minnesotan now, Jake, I know you and I talked about it at the beauty league. Um, how many Minnesota lakes can you name now? Can you do more than four? Or Is that what no? I got last time was four. You kind of got five, but I think you had some assistance from a young child as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Lake Josephine, Lake Joseph, uh, Lake Calhoun. Is that still the lake yep. or BD Sky? Uh, they, yep, yep. I know what you're talking about. Lake Harriet, Minnetonka, uh, Bryant Lake. I feel like Rice Lake. I drove past one day. White Bear Lake. <laughs> yep. Sunfish Lake. Nice. Uh, one more, and you got ten. Uh, Lack Mills. Is that how you say it? Bolax. Other Bill way Lacks. around. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, nice. Uh, the superior count as like a lake up it's here. A great lake. Yeah. Of course it counts. Yeah. yeah. See? That's like, that's all I got. Right that's now. 11. That's, that's bravo. Like, Honestly, that's probably more than I can name. So kudos. Well, that's because of the, the beauty league one. I went home and just opened up Google maps <laughs> and started writing them down. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse gave a big knock to your self-confidence there <laughs> on that topic. <laughs> I'm proud of you for doing your, your research. I mean, these guys got to get you get you out a little bit more than uh-huh. when you have the chance in the summer. Enjoy some of those lakes. The other very Minnesotan question we have to ask you and Kirsten, this one's near and dear to her heart. She was wisely. <laughs> do you call oh. it bags or cornhole? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Cornhole. Oh. I call it cornhole. <laughs> that was not I the right answer. I know, but I think it's weird as hell. You guys call it bags. We think Why it's cornhole? weird as hell. It's called cornhole. I yeah. don't know. That's what we grew up with. We called it cornhole. Do you and I I know the answer to this one because it's on ESPN. I'm pretty sure they call it cornhole. (laughs) I literally got into a fight with the American Cornhole Association over this on Twitter. I have the screenshots. It's bags. bags. ESPN is calling it cornhole and they're wrong. A tournament. I'm pretty sure it's called cornhole, not bags. It's it's not. But I don't want to ruffle any feathers in Minnesota. So it's too late. The damage has been done, Jake. The damage has been done. Okay, guys, I know I can be a little harsh on goaltenders. Episode 157, I pay amends. I make my apologies for making some egregious statements because I hold myself accountable. That's what I like to do. Yes, my harshness and criticism can be a bit much sometimes, but I'll always say when I'm wrong. And in this case, I was very wrong in making some statements about number one goaltender, Philip Gustafson. Here you go. I also need to take this opportunity to um, rectify an area of an improvement that I need to make for myself. And that is in being so harsh on goaltenders. However, 
I, I do stand by all of my convictions and my past criticisms of goaltending in those situations and at those times. I mean, I don't think I've ever been very unfair. However, this is to my dear friend, Philip Gustafson, um, who is as nice as there can be. And I've always said that, like any criticisms I make are never on a personal attack on any player. All these guys are fantastic. Um, hopefully they never take offense to even my snide little jokes because that's just me. But uh, I did call Philip Gustafson a bona fide backup goaltender early on. And to be fair, he kind of he played like it. He hadn't had the opportunity. And, you know, this is this was a huge opportunity here in Minnesota for her, him to come in and prove what he can do because he's been mostly unproven. You can read more about him in wild uh, wild.com by jesse pierce uh, a story that i just recently posted up there but uh no i do need to apologize because he's proven not just to be a bona fide backup he has come in and you know rung the bell in which he was told and has won games that he needed to win won games that he probably shouldn't have won and he is a reason that they're winning because i stand by my biggest goalie criticism that wins are not goalie stats i don't care if the team went like but there are certain games that Philip Gustafson has indeed won for the team. So um, I apologize for previous criticisms. Again, I'm glad to see that he has stepped up his game. Marc-Andre Fleury, obviously that was just the whole team struggling, right? At the beginning of the year, Kirsten had mentioned that like 14 goals in two games, not great. I forget what it was in three, but it's long in the past. Say goodbye to 2022. Say goodbye to some of those problems that you saw, but say goodbye to some of the, maybe the great areas too. You hope not, but hopefully things I also, don't. I also just really want to say, I really hope Fred puts some dramatic underlying music <laughs> underneath your apology. I really, I should have done it much more life. somberly. Like I am, I, Jesse Pierce hereby apologize to Philip Gustafson for be calling him a bona fide backup when he has proven to be so much more, um, I am happily incorrect in that uh, very bold assumption and statement, and I am excited to see what he is capable of throughout the rest of this year. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I got a few more apps to throw at you. Hopefully you've had a chance to go check out each of those full episodes, plus all of season four again, as we start to put a wrap on season four and get ready for season five. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. What's going on, guys? Jesse Pierce here to tell you about an extension of Livia Days that Livia Weight Loss Control Centers have. It's the best deal of the summer. If you join today, you get 50% off your own personalized program. Now is the time to get healthier, get active, get out there, and enjoy the summer, you guys. I'm down more than 20 pounds in my own weight loss journey, and you could lose up to 10 pounds or more in just your first two weeks. It's been fantastic. I'm keeping this journey going. You will, too, with the help of Livia Weight Control Centers. Call 855-GO-LIVIA or visit Livia.com. That's 855-GO-LIVIA or L-I-V-E-A dot com. Join today. They've been voted Minneapolis's best weight loss program year after year. Find out why. Sign up today and let them know Bardown Beauties and Jesse Pierce sent you. Okay. I'll admit, all episodes are my favorite episodes, right? Because it's fun. We're always having a good time. But this episode, episode 167, might be an all-time favorite. Not only do we get to check in with Gus Bus, which is fantastic, but the Matamidae Zephyrs happened to win a state championship the same time that we had recorded this such episode. So I got to give some praise to my alma mater. I got to chat with Philip Gustafson. How can that not be one of my favorite episodes? So go Zephs, go Gus Bus. Here's episode 167. 
I'll only say one thing about it, Kirsten. I'm only going to say it once. The Matamirai Zephyrs are champions of the world. I knew you were going to bring it up. I thought about it. I was like, she needs to talk about it still. Do I just set her up for it so she can talk about it? Did you have a setup for me? Were you going to tee me up? Um, I thought about it. I I guess, how could it have blanked my mind? I just kind of wasn't as high on the priority list for me as it mm. is for you. Mm. But Jesse, please just take, let, give us 30 seconds. Let's keep it to that. Okay. Talk about your Mata Midai. Timer, timer set, go. Matamidai, what an effort. State title, state champs for the first time since 2020. 2020, excuse me. Yeah, before the world shut down, that was a whole thing. Uh, no, they are class A champs, if you will. And for the record, people that were asking me if they should be moving up to double A, yada, yada. I graduated with like 2.30. I can't imagine the school has grown that much that they are double A enrollment status. So no, don't take that from them. Don't take that from my beautiful Zephyrs. Um, what I loved about this team is the road they had to go through to get to it. And again, I say this even kind of unbiasedly. They had to beat Hermantown and then they had to beat War Road, who was undefeated all year. I will admit, I picked War Road to win class a i mean that was a heck of a battle and honestly kirsten no matter who won on saturday's championship game it was such a fantastic game i would have been actually okay i wouldn't have you know been sad crying in the corner for very long like there might have been a quick like ah oh, man because i'm wearing a letterman jacket like a loser but uh i came out on top forced overtime in the final seconds and won in double overtime but just a tremendous game from both sides i think there were about 90 shots total uh 11 goals scored i mean i think anybody that tuned in to watch it matamidai zephyr fan war road fan or not it was a hell of a high school hockey game your solid play has also earned you a new nickname the gus bus how cool is that when you not only like have your teammates getting on board with that but also hearing the fans talk about how they're all aboard on the gus bus <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of fun like every time i walk out it's always a few teammates right when we we go out out on the ice to like yeah they're like yeah let's jump on the gas bus let's just go and stuff like that so it's it's kind of fun having that nickname that's got i mean that's a new one for you too right i know earlier this year i had chatted with you about nicknames you've never had gus bus in your career right no no i had uh me me and hogbert were playing in belleville there and they they had holy hoggy and then they had oh my goose <laughs> when we had like good games and had that as hashtag, so the Gustafs is something new. You know, that's a good that brings up a good point. Is it Gustafson and or is it Gustafson? Are we Americanizing the hell out of it by saying Gustafson? I think I think it's pretty close. Uh, <laughs> I would say Gustafson. Gustafson. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll it, see. It, I would say it's pretty pretty close. I lied. Episode one sixty nine is up there as well. Nice, right? Uh, main reason I particularly loved this episode, it gave the hosts something to go at each other with. Kirsten and I are constantly going at each other in a fun, playful way. This one, it got a little bit more serious. The Minnesota Golden Gophers against the St. Cloud State Huskies, and we all know how it turned out. So this is another one of my favorites from season four is episode 169. We also bring in Minnesota State Maverick Dan Myers to mix it up a little bit, but all in all, I'm loving the Gopher Husky rivalry that Kirsten and I really, really put a stamp on in this episode. So here it is. Hey, Kirsten, how are you feeling? We're obviously recording this on a Friday. Big matchup for the Buttes tomorrow. I took Kirsten to a Gopher game earlier on in the year. She was very embarrassed by my fandom, but I loved it. I've always loved it. I was just a crowd. 
I was yes. proud of Kirsten. I saw the mm-hmm. social media. I was proud of how Kirsten responded and how she just basically looked at you with disgust because I was doing the same thing. You get, and and thank you. I like to hold and myself to I, a higher standard. And, and, As yes. she was doing what she is S- doing right now, oh, I sat P- there a- just sipping on a beer, soda. just counting down the soda. minutes until it was over <laughs> and letting her yeah. have her moment. Go, go, throw the boat, Sky Yuma. Let's go. Uh <laughs> lord i just i, I loved hockey before i loved pro hockey it was just it was my jam it was my thing i want to talk about You're other a games child like me jesse like I we know. didn't grow up right little kids with a professional hockey team like you know the judds all gets of the world i always talk about the north stars days. <laughs> well, when the north stars left i was and you're a little younger than me but i was nine when they left yeah. so like yeah. my formative years of growing up was college hockey and first mm-hmm. ho- the first hockey game i ever went to in my life was Mariucci Arena. The Gophers were playing Minnesota Duluth. Brian Bonin had two goals and an assist. Like, I've told this story before. I have an autographed picture of Brian Bonin on my desk at home. It's the one Gopher thing I own. And I got to talk to him again at Hockey Day, which was really cool. It's the only time in my entire career that I've ever been starstruck. And, you know, like you, Jesse, I paved the way for you on the NHL.com side, uh, allowing you to do the, the fine work that you do mm-hmm. over there as well as mm-hmm. your work at wild.com. But I mean, you know, like we're going in, you, you get access to the biggest names in hockey and, you know, you go in and talk to Crosby, you know, Vetchkin and Tamu Solani was kind of the one for me, like when I worked there that sort of got me a little starstruck because he was my favorite player when I was a little kid. Yeah. And I think no matter how old you are, like you always look at these guys through the eyes of 10 year old you or 12 year old you. Um, and that's why, you know, like people have asked me, you know, you know, what do you think of this guy? What do you think of that guy? And they're great. Like you look at the wild guys now, it's like, yeah, they're fine. Like he's a nice guy or he's a dink or whatever, but it's, you know, the opportunity to, uh, see these guys through the eyes of like 10 year old Dan or 10 year old Jesse. Um, you know, that's what it's all about. So this one, not technically an episode, but it is an episode of content. It is some of our best content, if you ask me. The brainchild of producer Fred. We decided to have a little fun with the Minnesota Wild fans outside of the playoffs as game three came into town. The exciting part was Ryan Suter. There was a little bit disdain for him, right? He had been egregiously hitting Kirill Kaprizov. We don't like that. We don't take that. So we had a good time standing outside of XL Energy Center, getting the Wild fans' thoughts. So here is one of my favorite fan videos from season four, the Ryan Suter chirp video. We're coming for you. Red Sox Red Sox are you better look out. Yeah. Red Jesus loves Minnesota. Yeah. Dallas Stadium is disgusting. It's stinky, it's sticky, it's dirty, it's like a mall. Let's go wild! Suter, you're gonna go down tonight. Trainer. Tonight's not your night. Minnesota disowns you. And watch your back. Let's go, Gosboss! Hey, Suter, heads up, buddy. <laughs> Peanut butter jelly. The wild, wild I, I sold my I sold my house tonight for the wild to win. So they better goddamn win or I'm gonna go broke. Do we have more fans? You know, I mean, we're the whole reason they have hockey anyway. Let's go wild! Can you take a picture of me? Go wild! Oh. I am cool! 
All right, guys. And to close out my favorite episodes from season four, I got to go with the inaugural Buttes Awards. Again, hats off to producer Fred for thinking of this idea. It was a fun way to jump into summer, if you will. We named our Butte of the Year. Who was it? Well, why don't you go back to episode 178 to find out? Here it is. This was a category I was very passionate about personally because I also think there's an argument to be made for this said award. Most likely to think a hot dog is a sandwich. It is going to no other than Mr. John Merrill. And this is an award of prestige because I do think a hot dog is a sandwich. And I think John Merrill would be on my team for that one. So John Merrill is our recipient. Didn't realize you were one of these people. That's very fascinating news. It's news to me. Um, you know, also John Merrill was eating a couple glizzies up in the press box. So it's uh it makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. a piece of meat between two pieces of bread. It's a hot dog. It's a sandwich. It can just be a thing. You and Merrill and Phil Kessel can go discuss the ins and outs of that. And Brzgalov, too. I think he's also the one that that questions us. Uh my next award congratulations to john merrill that is a very exciting award for you to uh think a hot dog is a sandwich next award in the bar down beauties award ceremony most likely to pee in a cold tub i don't know why i put this in there we were talking about cold tubs and we were coming up with our various awards probably ryan reeves i don't know just because he might think it's funny i doubt any of them pee. i don't even think you sh- can pee in a cold tub right like i feel everybody like everybody uses the same ones freeze up. i don't know you freeze up I don't have male parts, so I also don't know what that does to a, uh, a person. But um, yeah, but Ryan Reeves, if, if you were to do it, it's maybe him just just because there's only I think there's two runners up for this category. The first two that come to mind are Ryan Hartman and Brandon Duhame. So they're runners up for this. I could see that, too. Yes. Yes. I like I, I agree with they probably have all done it if it is a thing that you do. Somebody please let us know. Let us know more about cold tubs. We'd like to do a cold tub episode if anybody has a cold tub for us to jump in. Maybe we'll do that too. Uh, moving on, what's our next category, Kirsten? This is another category that I was very passionate about when I saw it. And there was an immediate name that came to mind. I don't really know why, but it just did. So most likely to be abducted by aliens, I believe, is no other than Connor Dewar. <laughs> I like it. I don't know that I, uh, I think the Academy also got this one, right? I don't even know if there's a runner up for that. I think Dewar. I don't think there is. You should ask him. That's going to be one of my questions at camp this year. Like, do you believe in aliens? He seems like the type that does because of personal experience, clearly. So (laughs) I'm going to start that rumor. And that's going to do it for Jesse's best of season four. Take one again, Kirsten Kroll will be doing her best of episodes next week. Producer Fred the following week. And then we're kicking off into season five where that'll take us into August. That'll take us into some hopefully Minnesota wild news because it has been dreadfully boring thus far this summer. As always, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate our sponsors at talk North, which includes grain belt, Royal credit union. So to stick, Livia, Jim Beam, all good friends, all good people. We cannot thank them enough, and we can't thank you guys enough. Let me know what some of your favorite episodes are. Let me know what some of your favorite parts of said episodes were. And uh, we'll see you next Tuesday with another brand new Best of Courtesy of Kirsten. Until then, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.
near 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 near